Hello and welcome to Mealerism episode 15. So I've already recorded this episode in advance. However, I have been reading at the moment, I've been reading a book called All About Love by Bell Hooks. And I read a quote that I thought I would like to share. So it's actually a quote from somebody else in the book that she references. So Nguyen says that the difficult road is the road of conversion, the conversion from loneliness into solitude. Instead of running away from our loneliness and trying to forget or deny it, we have to protect it and turn it into fruitful solitude. Loneliness is painful. Solitude is peaceful. Loneliness makes us cling to others in desperation. Solitude allows us to respect others in their uniqueness and create community. Yeah, and I just thought that was quite powerful. So I just wanted to share that today. And if anyone's out there and they're feeling alone, just remember you're not alone. You're by yourself and there is power in solitude. So that's my little thought for the day. And if you hear some waves in the background, that is because I went to Brighton yesterday and I recorded the waves and I added it to this episode. (laughs) Hope it's relaxing and therapeutic. So without further ado, I will start today's episode. So yeah, I'm trying to record this in a different way today with my earphones because in the last episode it sounded quite muffled and the microphone wasn't doing what I think it's supposed to be doing. So I'm not sure if it's having issues or whatnot, but hopefully this sounds good and I'm going to keep on like listening back as well. But yeah, I hope everyone is well. I hope everyone's doing good. We've got a little bit of summer, like the last bit of summer is coming through and I'm here for it. Like I'm appreciating this little outburst that we're having. I went to the park at lunchtime. I sat there, I was just like, oh, you better embrace this boy. Cause we all know that autumn's coming. Actually, it's awesome here already. I'm not even sure. I feel like autumn's not here yet, but it's close. Autumn 2021, no. So autumn starts on the 22nd of September. So autumn is coming, but it's not here yet. So just embracing the hot days that we're having and mentally preparing myself. But yeah, today I am delighted to announce (laughs) that I found my dissertation. So if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that in episode 13, I was talking about the fact that I was going to talk about viral advertising, which I did for my dissertation. However, because I couldn't find it, I couldn't do it. And I was also very hungover. So I actually found it from my old laptop. I think I'm shouting because I've got these earphones on, sorry. <laughs> yeah, because I went onto my old laptop, I found it and I was like, yes, here we go. So I'm going to be speaking about viral advertising today. And like I said before, this dissertation definitely bumped up my overall grade because I feel like I put a lot of effort into it and it really shows. Like even reading the first bit, I was like, what? And I was reading it and I was like, oh, you know what? I feel like it's better to read it in part whilst I do this podcast because I can kind of reflect 
and react to it in real time as opposed to reading it and then going through it. So yeah, that was the rationale for why I've kind of put it together this way. But yeah, firstly, I just made some acknowledgements. So I said thank you to my friends and family. And I also thanked my dissertation supervisor, Jeremy Woods. So I went to the London College of Communication in 2007, I think, to 2010. So yeah, very, very much um, back in the day. But yeah, he was great. He really helped me. He helped me to understand the format of a dissertation and how to compose it essentially and I also had a fantastic fantastic tutor named Jo Hodges and I'm so grateful for her because she really helped me through that experience like from the first year to the third year she was so eccentric she really spoke her mind she took us to Amsterdam once she was like just for the sake of it just for the sake of it <laughs> and she kind of like found an agency out there but generally it was more just to like go somewhere and have a nice time you know and I really appreciate that so yeah I just want to thank Jeremy Woods and Joe Hodges unfortunately both of them have passed on but yeah I just want to acknowledge them before I go through this dissertation because Without them, I don't think it would be as good as it is. I know what I'm about to go through is not like war and peace, but it's just something that I'm quite proud of because I created this from scratch and I learned something new. And I also learned about the body of knowledge, which I never heard about before. So that's contributing to the overall body of knowledge that exists in the world with something new from a different perspective that hasn't been explored before. So when I heard about that, at the beginning, I was like, oh, what a great concept. Like, I really, really like that. I want to contribute to the body of knowledge. So it fired me up and it gave me like, the motivation that I needed to like really give my all to it. So yeah, that's the energy that I was going into it with. So yeah, I hope you enjoy it and I hope you find it interesting. So yeah, the first part of my dissertation talks about like the premise essentially that what it was going to be about so I'm just going to read it like a little bit it's not too much but I'm just going to read a little bit of what it is and this episode is not me just reading my dissertation by the way it's going to be me reflecting on some of the things that I say and be like oh yeah I remember when this happened I remember what I did here this is the research that I did this is what I carried out like it's not just going to be as black and white as like I'm just reading because like you can go and audible for that <laughs> basically I actually want to write a book I was thinking about this the other day and I was like I think I want to write a book. I think that I'm good with my words and I feel like I can put something together that's engaging. I'm not sure what it looks like yet. I'm thinking about it at the moment. I'm just, I've got a few ideas floating about and I like the idea of like having a kind of legacy in a way, like something that lives on past you that you can have that exists and is circulated throughout the world. So yeah, I am thinking about that. But Generally, the abstract slash premise is the following. The research project endeavoured to unveil the significance of viral advertising from two varied viewpoints, professional and social. The notion of self-branding via viral advertising was explored in the literature review and illustrated the ways in which viral content was used as a tool to self-brand social users. Additionally, communication models highlighted the alteration from the generic top-down advertising model to bottom-up consumer-based marketing. The findings from the literature review also demonstrated how viral content was circulated to a vast range of recipients via online platforms such as social networking sites. 
I said social networking sites, you know. <laughs> this is in 2010, so it's all pretty new. But yeah, social networking, i.e. social media. Moreover, the literature also identified the development of participatory culture due to the rise of internet users. The concept of digital word of mouth as a means for modern communication in a Web 2.0 environment was examined. I was meant to say Web 2.0. This in turn highlighted how consumer engagement ultimately determined the success of a commercial brand through digital word of mouth which filtered through consumers via the web. So yeah, that's basically the overall premise. There's the methodologies, there's case studies, and then there's quantitative research. So I was just like so intrigued and also quite like apprehensive about starting because I didn't know where to start. I had no idea. I was so lost. Like I remember when I first went to Joe, my tutor at the time, and I just said to her, she was like, what are you going to do? And I was like, I think I'm going to do the history of advertising. <laughs> and I was like, the history of like television advertising. And I was like talking about how, you know, back in the day it was more like print and now it's more like TV and then moving into like online media. And she was like, it's too big a subject. It's way too big. She was like, you need to narrow it down to something that you can really own. Whereas the history of television advertising is so broad that you won't be able to like do it justice essentially and that's when I kind of came to this idea of viral advertising because I was thinking all right cool I find this interesting I don't think it's something that's been explored much like at the time obviously and I really want to genuinely understand like how it works because I didn't know at the time so yeah I had a module called futures and innovations and my course so the actual degree that I did was creative advertising strategy so I was more looking at it from a creative advertising perspective, thinking that that was like the main like essence of, of the degree. However, it was more the strategy part. So it was like advertising strategy, essentially. Lots of business, lots of core advertising. And it wasn't really what I was looking for, but there was an online module called Futures and Innovations, which I really liked. And there was a part around online media, online marketing. And I was like, oh, all right, it's piqued my interest. Like, let's find out more. And I think that's when I realized that I liked online media more because initially I wanted to do TV advertising. That was like my main thing. Like I wanted to be, I don't know, like a producer or something. I don't even know what they're called. (laughs) People that do television advertising, but I thought, yeah, that's my thing. Like that's what I want to do. But yeah, transpired that online marketing was a better fit for me. And obviously, when we're at uni, we don't know what we want to do, to be honest with you. Like, we just pick a subject. I have a whole episode about this, to be honest with you. Like, I'm quite grateful that I'm working in an industry that I had aimed for, in that it's kind of advertising slash marketing. I'm in marketing now. At least 80% of the people that I know now do not work in this industry. So it doesn't necessarily always mean that you're going to do what you set out to do and you spend like three years on it. So that episode is going to question the the whole paradigm of university and whether it is beneficial for progression in society, essentially. So yeah, that's a story for another day, Ben Who. Right, so back to my dissertation. <laughs> Do you know how I'm, Okay, I'm going to read it here, but you're going to see that um, I didn't really understand, like, how to phrase viral, viral virality, I guess, in the online sense, because here I said... Quantitative questionnaires were conducted and distributed online amongst 52 recipients to identify common traits which contribute to a successful viral. It's like, what? (laughs) 
successful viral. The results of which conveyed a large majority of recipients, 94.1%, used the user-generated website YouTube. A high quantity of users confirmed that the content of a viral was an important factor to contain. Sorry, I'm just... Right. A high quantity of users confirmed that the content of a viral was an important factor to maintain concentration and a majority of the preferred content was humorous or entertaining. And that was 35 out of 46 recipients that said that. Additionally, the data attained from the questionnaires concluded that factors such as age were also a contributing aspect to the usability of websites such as YouTube and Facebook. So... Yeah, that's some of the research that I had to do. And the thing is, I was like, oh. And also, research, right? Like, that's a lot of time that I remember. I think I gave myself a good two months. It wasn't enough. It was not enough. I remember being like, I'm quite worried about this, about the fact that I've got to do 10,000 words and I don't have enough time. And I've never done one before. I don't know what it really entails. I'm not do- I don't feel like I was doing great at the time academically so I was just thinking hmm how am I going to make this work like this is the thing that's gonna really make a difference you know so I spent so much time in the library like I used to go to the library all the time like I remember I would be there probably like an hour after it opened and I'll be there until it closed and that was like a daily occurrence because I was like if I'm gonna pull this out of the bag like 2-1 being my goal then I really need to like put my head down and just focus on this because this is really important to me and like I did not do it for three years to not get anywhere so yeah um yeah so I also had to look at the other side of the coin so like I mentioned I looked at how viral advertising is used in social spaces for people that didn't have fame beforehand and then there are people that are already established like companies that are already established brands you know, well-known names that are using the same platforms and trying to propel themselves. So just to like clarify and make it super, super clear, my dissertation was about how how I, for example, would use YouTube and create my own channel and become famous off the back of that platform and how, conversely, a well-known and established brand use the same platform to market away from the traditional channels so not necessarily tv advertising not necessarily newspapers even though no one really does it anymore but you know back in the day that was a thing and yeah it was more about the evolution of marketing from a professional standpoint and also how grassroots marketing is becoming a lot more prevalent in society and how the consumer has a lot more power than they used to in the past before it was very top down and now it's very grassroots so yeah that was the premise of the dissertation and I also looked into a PR company called the launch group and I interviewed them see look I interviewed a PR company that that is great that I was really progressive back there I'm forgetting that I did this I'm just remembering now but yeah the finders of which um identified how viral advertising was an extremely relevant tool of communication so I will go into that in a bit more detail a little bit later. Oh, bless me. Then I had like a glossary of terms that went through like dip- <laughs> how, um you know, different terms like hits. When a web page is viewed, each of these files is requested from the web server and each file requests increase the hit count for the website. Like, whoa. Then I've got a link, which is a website's address on the World Wide Web, also known as a URL. <laughs> But the thing is, like, to me, that's very standard. But I guess when you're reading this and, like, you you don't have much um, technical knowledge, then it's all a bit like, what the hell are you even talking about? 
and I'm not a fan of like acronyms. I know how jarring it can be but when you go somewhere and everyone's talking in acronyms, you're just sitting there like, mate. I can ask like once or twice like what it means, but after a while, I'm just gonna go silent. <laughs> just know, yeah, I don't know what you're not talking about anymore. So yeah, I'm gonna try my best not to talk in acronyms or say anything that I think is unclear. So in my introduction, I've said, with the prominence of viral media emerging in a web 2.0 environment, users are increasingly engaging in the digital era. Wilson, 2005, defines viral marketing as any strategy that encourages individuals to pass on a marketing message to others, creating potential for exponential growth in the messages, exposure and influence. So I also found out about citations and making sure that you had a variety of sources in your body of work to further validate what you're saying which I didn't know about either (laughs) and what was the thing oh what was the thing and it was like it was the way that you you oh what is the thing because it's gonna annoy me now it's how you basically are the the Harvard no the Harvard uh, this is it's, Harvard must be in there because why would that just pump like I say punch me? You know why would that just come out? Um, Harvard referencing system. Harvard, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Harvard referencing. So we had to do Harvard referencing. So for all of our citations and stuff like that, like we had to have like a full blown index at the end, which just like laid out all of our citations and and whatnot. But I always made sure that like after that. I put so many in my dissertation because I was like, oh, I understand it now. And I'm reading a book at the moment called All About Love by Bell Hooks. And she does a lot of citations. And I, I see how it adds depth to to her perspective. So she has her stance on things and she'll speak about it from her own perspective. But when she finds other resources that further fortify what she's saying, then it does make you look at things from a more varied perspective because you know that there's other contributors and other well-known people in that space that also have a similar view or a similar way of looking at things. Okay, so yeah, the term viral conveys the notion of online material increasing rapidly to others, circulated actively by a vast amount of recipients to achieve high recognition. Viral is an analogy which describes the way that a virus spreads throughout the body and in the same way a computer virus spreads throughout the computer. The speed and growth rate of viral media is comparable in the way that it multiplies. Like, honestly, yeah, this is a very good... Like, I was reading it before and I was like, this is a very well-written piece of work. Like, I don't think I've written something so great, you know, in a while. Like, the, the only things that I've really written since my dissertation, and I'm not even joking, and this is kind of crazy for me to say this because it's been, like, what, 11 years, is that article that I read in episode one. So, my thoughts on social media. I wrote an article a few years ago and then there was another article that I wrote last year well article it wasn't an article it was a post it was a social media post that I wrote and that was about the Black Lives Matter movement and that was in my episode as well episode nine I think I want to say nine so yeah if you want to hear those you can check them out but yeah outside of that I haven't really written anything and I really think I should so watch this space do you know what I mean how am I going to like succinctly like summarize this? This is crazy. Every time you read a bit, just pause just so you don't want to be like, all right, so I was just reading this here. I'm just going to read it because right, this is interesting. All right. I'm going to say viral advertising because I have written it weird. I've said virals have the ability to, but that doesn't make sense. Viral advertising has the ability to circulate on various online platforms, declaring its ability to branch out to various audiences on a global level. 
With the onset of digitalized intensity, communication has transformed into digital word of mouth, which increases viral circulation. Viral circulation is the term used to describe the progression of viral material when passed through various points of entry, i.e. email, user-generated websites, social networking sites, etc. In reflection of the web 2.0 phenomenon, new online platforms have emerged to facilitate this shift in online communication and platforms such as YouTube, Facebook and Twitter are byproducts of this. Websites like this rely on participatory culture as these platforms would cease to exist without the input of its users. This level of engagement encourages this relatively new concept known as viral marketing. As YouTube distributes information, it may be argued that YouTube is also dispensing power to its users. YouTube's mission statement regards the website as a metaphor for the democratizing <laughs> Democratizing damn power of the internet and information. I'm never going to redo that, but I can't lie. Additionally, Facebook's mission statement also conveys this notion of omitting power and aims to give people the power to share and make the world more open and connected. I can't lie. I'm so impressed by reading this. Like, I was 22. I was 22. <laughs> As a result of numerous research techniques implied, a justified conclusion can be determined which will illustrate how viral advertising is interpreted in the digital era. From the information attained, recommendations will also be made to further extend research of viral marketing. Additionally, the research project aims to address the hypothesis that viral advertising is a dependable tool to communicate with a vast amount of e which I guess is definitely validated, but yeah. Yeah, and then I just go into my literature review, which I'm not going to really go into that much, to be honest with you, because it's old data, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, at the time, it would have been very, very recent, but now, yeah, you know, it's been a while. Um, breakdown, I've written here, there's a breakdown of UK advertising media platforms. So I think what I was trying to convey is that, obviously, over time, the online sector is growing, and the television and press and like direct mail radio i'm all like declining and it also has cinema here which i think is quite interesting because i went to the cinema a few weeks ago to watch people just do nothing in japan by myself because i was like hey i'm gonna watch this i don't care and i went there yeah that was that going by myself is like nothing to do with this <laughs> i just wanted to say it because i'm by myself i'm quite proud of myself anyway okay so i went there and i got there on time like bang on time so i had my popcorn and everything i was like ready to go time to watch ads, you know what I mean? Or watch um, trailers, because I was like, yeah, boom. No trailers, no trailers whatsoever. I was so surprised. I didn't know what the hell was going on because that's one of the parts of the cinema experience that I enjoy. Like, I enjoy watching trailers and there weren't none. So it could be that things are changing or it could be that there's a reason why that particular film didn't have trailers. But yeah, I thought that was quite interesting. Yes, this is a really good example. So a game called... Roger Wilco was invented by an, a man, a man called Adam Frankel, and it's a fighter pilot game that can be played across the internet with others around the world. Users can link up into conference calls so they can hear each other's reactions, yeah? He invited, this is me just like paraphrasing, he invited people to try it for free, and in 24 hours, the program was downloaded by 2,800 people in 46 countries. In 30 days, it had spread to millions in a matter of months. Presumably, a substantial fraction of these people can be converted to paying customers eventually. I'm not sure how I found this out, but another viral success on YouTube generated approximately $40,000 in revenue, with 52 million views from the video David After the Dentist. This figure was achieved through merchandise, mobile applications, etc. So there must have been some kind of... <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. There must have been some kind of resource that just 
broke down how much money he made. He must have been okay with whoever created that video and published it and received the funds from it. Must have been okay with that information being divulged. But yeah, it's um, obviously lucrative. Everyone knows that when you go viral, you can make money off it, right? So it's how you go about capitalizing off virality essentially at the end of the day so you can go viral like this podcast can go viral but the only revenue stream that i can make off it as it stands is through ads so that would be through ad revenue so there is a model in place but obviously you'd have to hit a certain number so that that's the podcast model but obviously with youtube it's very much the same things ad revenue but you can always see when like diversification happens so for example if a youtuber has made a lot of money through ad revenue it's highly likely that going to branch out into other revenue streams which is exactly what you're supposed to do like obviously you don't want to put your eggs in one basket you want to have merchandise you want to have you want to have like a downloadable ebook or something like that like you want to have a fitness video it's it's initially just the first step like to get the ad revenue i think is the first step and then afterwards you want to have other things that you can sell like real hard copies of things that you can tangibly like touch (laughs) and that's pretty exciting you know like the fact that you can make something from an online platform is so amazing and it's and it's really a sign of the times because 10 to 15 maybe 20 years ago this wasn't a thing that google is only 20 i want to say 22 years old i think actually no is that 24 years old now i think 23 okay so google's 23 and then youtube is 16 years old yeah so prior to these platforms existing there weren't as many opportunities for people to launch their brand themselves their books their words their comedies like it just wasn't there like it just wasn't in the space so it is such an expansive time it's such a great opportunity to to really have these platforms and i think that's why it's so saturated at the moment because we all want a piece of the pie and i totally understand that now why wouldn't you i guess it's how you go about doing it and what you want for yourself like what do you want to get out of it like outside of just money because surely you want fulfillment i want fulfillment in my job like this is a job to me like this is podcasting i put time into it you know like i edit and all of those good things you know in between but i'd like to think that like the actual content as well is what drives me like what motivates me to to keep going and i think that i'm doing something that's beneficial and that's what motivates me to continue do you know what i mean all right so this part is just looking at how viral advertising is used in the professional capacity so here okay so i've i've found a quote and it says the following the web is a perfect medium for viral marketing if you have a product that can be distributed on the web where the very act of using the product is a demo that can include a pitch to sign up or buy a product you have a perfect recipe for word of mouth so the type of word of mouth adds value to the brand and could potentially encourage users to sign up for a service through online referral so online word of mouth obviously is a thing like we all know that people are sending things to one another so quickly nowadays that it's very hard to track. <laughs> it's it's so crazy. But yeah, generally, I think what this next section was talking about was how companies go about utilizing that connection that customers have or potential customers have with one another to promote their product. Oh my gosh, I've actually got um, a misspelling in here. It says the online book retailer Amazon. So A-M-O-Z-O-N. Wow. 
still got first notice. That is a good point. So yeah, basically what I was saying in that Amazon have linked book selling to the fostering of the online book culture. So readers are encouraged to post critical responses to specific works or to compile lists of their favorite books. Their associated programs create a powerful niche marketing system. So everyone knows that reviews are very powerful. Like I don't buy most of my products without going through reviews. If a product doesn't have a review, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it straight. I don't care. <laughs> I don't trust it. And like, I need someone to tell me if it's good or not, which is kind of weird. Cause it's like, if you see a product and you read the specs and you're happy with it, you should really be comfortable enough to buy that product. But yeah, word of mouth is so powerful that it influences consumer behavior essentially. So I completely understand how and why brands want to get in on this action but I think what I found at the end of the dissertation just to summarize was that they didn't do it as effectively as as you and I essentially so and that's really saying something because they have the budgets to do it they they can do all these things but most of the things that I watch on YouTube honestly are YouTubers like people that have come onto the platform and made a name for themselves through the platform so I find that quite empowering. Like I'm definitely pro the people. <laughs> I'm pro the people and not the machine, you know? So I think that we should have more of that energy. And I think that brands should keep, they should keep themselves on the platforms that work for them initially, I think. Because when you try to diversify too much, it becomes very forced and then you lose interest. So yeah so yeah when I left university I because I did my dissertation I was so interested in everything that I learned I was like I want to work for this company right so let me just see if it was even I think it's gone now okay anywho I wanted to work for this company called the viral factory and I thought it was going to be my dream job I was like yes like I am so interested in viral marketing and this is going to be like the next step for me like to get into this viral company and tell them about my dissertation and it's all just gonna flow do you know what I mean but it didn't work out and that's okay like yeah but they they had some interesting stats the viral factory have an example of an effective viral advertising effort which was achieved by them in 2008 for the film Cloverfield side note one of my favorite films the viral advertising was used to generate an additional buzz so what they managed to achieve was what they said here is the cost-effective capabilities and global potential of the online campaign resulted in 4.5 million views and raised recognition for the film's release, which achieved $40 million on its opening night. I mean, I can't say there's a direct correlation between the two because it would be hard to directly attribute that kind of online activity to ticket sales. But generally, obviously, anything that's online that creates a buzz is going to be beneficial for increased recognition for a brand or film okay so this is 55 pages long like i'm just like what the fuck i want to get it down into like an hour if that but i'm like i don't know if i can do it because everything's so good (laughs) okay so one of the main factors that heavily influences and determines the success of viral advertising is the increase in internet users research conducted by the internet world stats has identified that the number of internet users has increased from 16 million users in 1995 to 1,802 million users in 2009. And that number is going to continue to grow. Right now, we're looking at 4.66 billion people (laughs) around the world now use the internet. 
of those users, 316 million new users have come online within the last 12 months. That's really scary. That's that's crazy. That, is that right? So looking at Statista.com, which I do use more than what I just looked at, 59.5% of the global population. Of this total, 92.6%, which is 4.32 billion, access the internet via mobile devices. Very, very wild. Very, very, very wild. Not surprised, but still, that is... Yeah, that's that's really something. So yeah, this section just mainly talks about the fact that usage influences and is very key. So yeah, I have now moved on into the themes. Yeah, so what makes something go viral? Alright, so an underlying theme identified from the literature notes. Oh, I think my grammar is quite bad in this, you know, I can't lie. An underlying theme identified from the literature notes that there are five different types of viral content which encourages viral circulation. Mixed Day 2010 identifies that majority of viral content is humorous content with 91% humour, 21% sexuality, 17% animals, 14% violence and 12% by children. This concept of humorous and viral content is reiterated from literature from Gay et al which states that humorous images, jokes, articles are one of the factors which make a low-cost but effective viral effort. So, yeah, like, I knew that humour was, like, top of the list in terms of, like, what makes something go viral. Because if you look at today, like, especially with Instagram and Facebook, mainly Instagram, though, memes are humorous for the most part. Like, 99.9% of them are humorous. Like, there's not really any, like, sad memes or anything like that. People go to memes to escape, to laugh, for bands. There's nothing else outside of them. They're not that deep. And they go viral quite often comments you know like youtube comments most people who do go viral usually post something humorous and it's a bit of a weird one though going viral via comment because like did you really go viral it's a comment i don't know if you can go viral in a comment section but i guess you can but from a progressionary perspective i don't know if progressionary is a word but i'm gonna use it from a progression perspective can you make a name for yourself in a comment section of a video I don't think you can. So I always wonder what the rationale is to why people want to go viral, like they want people to like it, because people will say something. Like I love reading comments in YouTube, I can't lie, yeah. But when they go, oh my gosh, edit, I didn't know that this comment was going to get so much likes. Like, what the fuck? Like, does it, okay, I don't get I don't get it. Like, what do you get from it? But yeah, anywho. So I then looked into the rate, like the way that viral content is generated, essentially. Not themes the actual mechanism of virality so it's to do with the viral coefficient being above one so a viral coefficient is the measure of how many people each person has brought in through invitation digital word of mouth etc penenberg 2009 describes this as the number of additional members each person brings in way above one penenberg also identifies that if the viral is above one it achieves exponential growth so this actually leads me back to the pandemic because i learned about this in 2010 and obviously at the time I was only looking at this from a digital marketing online media perspective and I knew about the R rate then and obviously when we were listening to Boris Johnson's addresses and he was talking to us I mean a lot of it was lost on me to be honest with you but I remember him talking about the viral rate being above one so from my understanding it was that you know it was in a place of exponential growth at that point yeah that was um 
quite interesting because it did lead me back to my dissertation years and actually reminded me of when I was doing that. So there's a quote from Watts 2006, and this is quite apt actually. By contrast, viral messages with an R of less than one are generally considered failures. This is just like from an advertising perspective. That's because purely viral campaigns like disease outbreaks typically start with a small number of seed cases and quickly burn themselves out unless their R exceeds the epidemic threshold or tipping point of one. And then he also says, for every high profile example of a successful viral product, there are many more attempts that fail. And my case study <laughs> failed. <laughs> so in 2010, I did a case study. It was very stupid. Um, it was dumb. To be honest with you, I was running out of time and I was just like, I need to do this because I can't be talking about YouTube and not have a video on YouTube that I'm trying to go viral with. So yeah, I created a video. Um... <laughs> I don't want to talk about it, it's embarrassing. It was a video of a monkey, and when I say monkey, it was a toy monkey, and I was like, something like, oh, the monkey is a superstar, and if I still have it, if I can find it, yeah, I will link it in the bio. I don't think I can find it, but if I can, I will definitely do it. I hold myself accountable right now, I will do it. <laughs> but yeah, it's so silly. Um, And there was another video that I made, and it was... A visual representation of how viral marketing works so it's basically had me looking at a video and then I went and showed my ex actually at the time because he was in the he was in the flat and then he was in the house or whatever and I was like oh can you just do this video for my dissertation please so he also pretended to watch the video and be like oh my gosh and I I think we tried to like show that like we were so surprised and then we showed someone else and they showed someone else and they showed someone else and that's the variety of the content and then I did some other clips, I took clips from other videos, like, you know, when someone like trips and falls over and stuff like that, and like people find it funny, like those kind of fails, like those kind of videos, I took bits and pieces from that, and I did like a little bit of a music background, um, which is Marina and the Diamonds, I'm not a robot, and I thought it was quite a good song because it represented like what I was saying, like I'm not a robot, but obviously viral advertising is a bit of a online concept so it was a bit a bit of human and a bit of robot I think I'm getting tired you know I think I'm going to stop you know I can't lie I'm just a creature of habit honestly when I'm tired I'm tired and I can't do nothing else I'm hungry I need to eat and I can't do nothing else <laughs> that's just me all right well good night no, just... <laughs> so it's so stupid all right um all right Okay, so I'm just going to read this quote. In essence, this new model of online ad reverses the relationship between publishers and advertisers. In traditional advertising models, the advertiser holds all the cards. The advertisers are no longer choosing the publisher with whom they are doing business. They are instead choosing keywords, concepts, context. That's from Levine et al. 2009. Participation gives users the power to influence, convey, debate or reject material it is this model of communication which encourages viral advertising and that was just me saying that the way that people interact with content does very much perceptually influence the way that that content is absorbed so it could be that you know people are saying oh my gosh have you seen this new advert from a brand right everyone goes online and they check out the advert now if the advertiser wants to maintain their power they can turn off comments yeah they can say right i'm not letting you guys interact with me <laughs> i don't care we're just gonna have this put it out there and be done with it but i guess you can still like it or dislike it but that's pretty much it if you want to let your customers or potential customers be in 
engaged and interact with your brand, then you would obviously have the comments on. And that's where things get interesting. So I don't think there's much of regulation on YouTube, to be honest with you. I know that you can report things and I also appreciate and understand that there is a vast volume of content on there and it's very hard to moderate and track everything that goes online. I totally, totally understand that. But I think that YouTube is very tainted nowadays and is slightly becoming toxic in places. So like even the comment section in some videos are horrendous. Like there's so many fake accounts now, so much racist, there's so much homophobic people, transphobic people. Like I'm not here for any of that foolishness. You would it's the weirdest thing because it's like people hide behind their screens and it's a it's a whole thing. Like keyboard warriors are real. So yeah, I think it's something that we need to be careful about, you know, as a as a as a people you know, that we don't get carried away and desensitized by being mean, essentially. But yeah, in this context, the company or the brand can learn from a, from a customer or from a user, like the way that you see or watch a brand is, is valuable data, you know, like at the end of the day, a company wants to know what people think and YouTube provides opportunity for them to do that relatively easily. They don't have to do as many focus groups or questionnaires or surveys like they're getting this for free from youtube so there are many benefits to it even if it's not good um feedback there's no such thing as bad policy right that's what they say so yeah that's just a really interesting way of looking at it, i guess but we have got to the end of this episode because i don't know what i was thinking i was going to do but there is no way in hell that i could summarize ten thousand words in one episode if that's what i said i was going to do it was incorrect because this is not feasible, not a feasible plan. And I don't want to just rush it because it took me a long time to put this together and I want to do it justice, you know. As the only slash biggest piece of literature I've ever written, I want to document it in a way that preserves it. I wouldn't say integrity, but is that is that a bit heavy? <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I don't want to lose the quality of the work by rushing it or by compromising parts of it by not adding bits that I thought was interesting I want to go through this as a as a trip down memory lane and also in a way that hopefully is interesting to you guys <laughs> like I don't want to do this if everyone finds this very fucking boring but hopefully you do find this interesting because I found it so so interesting as a concept and obviously there's things that we know exist in the world and we don't necessarily pay them no mind because it doesn't concern us but I'd be really interested in finding out a very specific vantage point of someone who did a dissertation around something I've never done before or listened to or knew about because that's how we expand our minds so hopefully this is interesting I mean yeah just let me know like if you don't like it um no I'm joking don't let me know <laughs> don't let me know like I find it interesting so yeah I'm gonna stop here I'm at chapter two which is very worrying because <laughs> it's been so long um but I think the rest of it is is more like research that I carried out so yeah there's methodology there's practical case studies findings questionnaire and then the interview and a conclusion so I probably can get that into one of a episode but I know I've just documented this but I think I can do it I think if I really focus I can extract the parts that are relevant 
and consolidate it into one more episode so yes i hope you are finding this interesting you know part two's coming part two's coming don't worry and um yeah i will speak to you guys next week yeah yeah i'm joking i won't <laughs> i'm only done <laughs> but yeah thank you very much for listening um yeah hope you're well and speak to you soon bye